Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So this is kind of weird. It's the first Friday of the month, which means usually it's time for a Voices interview episode. That's our usual, but we're not usually here together. What is happening? Yeah, what is, what is going on? Please tell me because, you know, you <laughs> tell me to show up and I do, but here we are and it's a Friday and I'm very confused. Oh my gosh. Well, um, if you're brand new around here, we release an interview episode with someone we think that you all would love to hear from the first Friday of the month. And the rest of our episodes are just Megan and I chatting. And today's kind of a little bit of both. We do have an interview to share with you today. We're really excited about it, but it's a little different from usually the way we would bring on an author or a guest expert on a parenting topic. Today, we're actually going to be chatting with the newest member of the Mom Hour team, our content manager, Amanda Park. Yeah, so we are so excited about this. We announced that we were hiring back in early June Then we went through this whole process. We heard from so many of you, got some amazing applications in for several different um, positions, um, some of which we're still kind of working through. But we do have a content manager in place and a team of contributors. And um, Amanda is that content manager, and she's been working really closely with the contributors. So we're going to get a peek um, in not just what, you know, her role will be with us, but also who she is and about her life and everything else. So we're really excited. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about this too. And uh, it's been very sweet. We've gotten really nice notes from those following along about how we're growing the team and going to be doing more content on the blog and on social. And I I always feel like we need to say like, we're still figuring out, figuring this out as we go too. So we just appreciate everybody's patience with us. It's also summer. We're somehow doing this all in the summer in between vacations. So it's been a little crazy. We're really excited. Why not? Right. (laughs) 
Um, (laughs) And somehow we landed here at, you know, beginning of August with a brand new content manager and a team of contributors that you'll hear a little bit more about as we talk with Amanda. But let's just give a little background on Amanda because she's an amazing mom and we're super excited to have her on our team. Um, She is a mom of three little kids. She is in the trenches, as we always say. Um, She has a background in corporate communications and telling brand stories. And she's going to share quite a bit about that. That was really interesting to me when we, you know, got to interview her. So excited to um, introduce you all to Amanda. And this is really like kind of a working mom story, I think. Yeah. And today you're going to get to hear Amanda talk about that working mom story and her career journey, which is like you said, Sarah, just really fascinating the way she wound up doing what she was doing, which you wouldn't necessarily have thought would have anything to do with what we're doing. But um, but we're really excited about using her skills to kind of build out what we're able to bring to all of you. And then she's also going to talk about what she's learned. She's only been on our team for just a few short weeks. And, you know, you were on vacation for like half of that. But (laughs) still, um, she's learned a lot just from joining the team so far. And then we're going to share a little bit more about what we've got planned for the fall as we bring on our new contributors. Yeah. So this is like part interview with a really cool working mom of three little kids that I think anybody would enjoy hearing from, from that, you know, working mom perspective. But you're also going to get some fun behind the scenes today. We chat a little bit about personality types and what it's like working with Megan and me. So um, it was a really fun conversation. And I think think everybody's going to enjoy it. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. 
Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hey, Amanda. Welcome officially to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Megan. Hello. We're so excited. We're so excited. Okay. Well, let's just start with kind of the basics. So tell us a little bit about your family, kind of as it looks right now, where you all live, how many kids and how old everybody is. Um, Just introduce us to your little family. Yeah. So I currently live in Seattle, Washington. I've been here for about three years and I live with my husband, Jawan, and we have three kids. Uh, My son, Junie, is going to turn five in just a couple of weeks here. And then my daughter, Gia, is three and a half. And then I have a baby who's almost one, um, a little girl named Prue. Oh, I love that name. (laughs) Me too. Okay, so before you joined our team, and we are so excited to have you, one thing I think is so fascinating about your background, Amanda, is that you worked for some big companies and you were telling brand stories. So tell us a little bit about those roles And like, how did you end up in that line of work? I don't think that's something that a lot of people who are maybe, you know, English majors or something see themselves winding up in the the brand storytelling, but it's really fascinating. Did you know that was something you wanted to do or did you just kind of gravitate into it? No, I had no idea. That's what I wanted to do. I grew up, you know, I was one of those kids that from the time I was little, I wanted to be a journalist. I loved storytelling. I Loved the art of reporting, um, you know, researching, asking questions, and then using that information to develop a story. Um, I lived for that. So when I went to college, I went to a journalism school and really was very much on track. I thought I was going to move to New York and work in magazines. And then I ended up getting an email from my college, you know, admissions or college uh, career services um, with just a bunch of internships that were available over the summer. And one of them was for Coca-Cola company in Atlanta. And they were looking for somebody to come and do um, an Olympics activation internship. And the internship was going to be working in corporate communications and getting their Coca-Cola employees excited about the Beijing Olympics because Coca-Cola was a major sponsor. And I had no interest in doing corporate communications, but I had a lot of interest in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. I'd been an athlete growing up. So I took the internship. I moved down to Atlanta for a little while and came out of that summer realizing that as fun as journalism was, I loved working for a big company and just being super excited about what the company was doing, learning about it, and then creating stories to get other people excited about what that company was doing. So I had a blast that summer um, and came out of it thinking, you know, corporate communications, you know, this might be something that I can do and brand storytelling, um, but wasn't really sure how to get into it. It's kind of a strange thing to get into. Um, So I got back to school and ended up getting um, an email to interview for Ford Motor Company. They were looking for somebody to come in and work in their communications department right out of college. And I thought, okay, like, I've never been to Michigan before. I have no interest in the auto company, mm-hmm. but I was intrigued at all. Mm-hmm. But I was intrigued because this was the fall of 2008. And um, if you might remember, the domestic automakers were in a really yeah. tough spot financially during that time. So I was so I 
couldn't, I was so curious that they were hiring, that they were um, looking to kind of bring people in and interview them that I thought, you know, I'm not interested in taking this job, but I really kind of want to see what this is all about and learn more about this company, um, especially during this really interesting time for them. So um, I ended up flying up to Detroit and it just was one of those things where the week I flew up there was the same week that the CEOs of the big three automakers were on Capitol Hill and they were testifying in front of Congress because they were in just a really tough spot financially. And so um, that coverage was on kind of in the background. We were in this big conference center in Detroit and that coverage was on in the background. And I was so impressed because the interview itself, the people I spoke with, they were so positive. They were so energized you would never have been able to tell that they were probably under massive amounts yeah. of stress that day. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. And I came out of that interview just feeling like I, things are happening here and this will be a fascinating place for me to be and for me to learn. So I ended up um, getting the role and I took the job and I went into it being like, oh, I'll, I'll stay here two years and then we'll see. And I was there almost 10 years. <laughs> Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. I very quickly kind of fell into a specialty where I was launching vehicles. Um, so I would work with the vehicle uh, marketing teams and engineers and learn all about the product and then would kind of create storytelling campaigns around that vehicle and would do kind of a mix of, you know, more like uh, pitches to media and press releases, but then also a lot of kind of experiential media events like press conferences or drive opportunities. And I loved it. I worked on tons of different vehicles and products um, over my time there. Um, but after nine and a half years of doing that, I, I had on the personal side, I had gotten married by that point and I had had two kids in two years and realized I just kind of knew that if I wanted to move back to the West Coast ever, like this was a moment to do it. And so, and also I was ready to try a new industry. I wanted to kind of dive into something new and challenging and, um, tech had always been something that had kind of scared me. And so I thought, you know, what better way to learn about it than to just dive in and and see if I can get a job in tech. So, um, I moved to Seattle, my, my whole family, we moved to Seattle. Um, my husband and I both got jobs in the tech industry and, um, I, I focused on, cloud computing, which was something I knew nothing about going into it, um, but really dove in, learned as much as I could and ended up really enjoying it and learned so much from the culture. And I was um, worked in tech for two and a half years, almost three years up until just a few weeks ago when I joined the Mom Hour team. So oh here I am. Gosh. Well, first of all, I love hearing that story. And you may know about me that I have like a weird interest in different <laughs> industries and different types of jobs. Um, But also, you know, I accidentally did corporate communications as well for several years, but I came to it totally differently through small, quite small organizations that didn't even have a department for something like that, which was which. So it was really cool to hear like what a big company like Coca-Cola or Ford does with internal communications and corporate communications. Um, So that was fascinating. But I I feel like the through line here is curiosity. Like you just seem like Mm. you you're like, well, I'm curious, you know, so that led you to journalism because journalists are that kind of naturally curious, curious personality. But then you're like, huh, I wonder what this is about. I kind of like the Olympics or like, 
I wonder what's happening here as the auto industry is imploding. So, I mean, I'm just so it's really cool to hear. And it does seem like you have a natural um, gravitational pull toward things that you don't quite understand, but seem really interesting. And I, I don't think I'm like that. Megan, maybe you are, but I think that's really cool. Well, it does sound like what I think was cool about hearing that is there's a little bit of a fearlessness there. Like, I don't actually know what I'm doing, but I'm going to jump in and do it anyway. And um, I love hearing stories like that because I think that that plus the curiosity does lead you into just into in directions and into fields you might and positions you might not have even thought yourself qualified for. And just as an aside note, there is research that shows that women don't do that enough, that men are much more likely to apply for jobs mm-hmm. where they think they may have a couple of the qualifications, but maybe on paper, not all of them. And women typically want to have every single qualification nailed down before they'll even try for something. So, Amanda, I have no idea if that was the case with you, if you were like, I'm just going to wing this and go for it. Or if you really felt like on paper, you had all the qualifications, but um, I know that's something women struggle with as a group. So I always love hearing when women are kind of fearless about moving around and trying new things. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I want to back up to the Ford motor company years where you had two babies in two years. What's the age difference between your oldest two? Almost 18 months, sub 18 months, under 18 Mm. months. Um, that is no joke, but at some point in there, um, in those like trenches, first few years of motherhood, you were driving, right? You had a commute and you found the mom hour. Can you just tell that story? Cause I, I think it'd be fun to hear. Yes. So, um, any of you from Michigan will know you drive commutes. There are no joke. You, mm. I was driving more than 60 hours, 60 miles a day, wow. um, to and from work. And I would be in the car. And honestly, when I went back to work after having my son, it was really hard. I, you know, went back to working eight, nine hour days. My son was in daycare and then I would pick him up and we would commute home together. And I just felt like I, it's not quality time with my son you know, he's just sitting in the car with me. And that, that was, that was a challenge. And so what I did to kind of help was I found the mom hour because it helped me feel like at least during that time, um, I couldn't be, you know, on the floor playing with them or anything like that, but I could be thinking about being a mom and it kind of helped me then prepare for getting home at the end of a, a long work day and spending that time with him and, and getting in that frame of mind. I love that. I love that too. I, and I think that, that I've, I don't know that I've ever heard it framed quite that way before, but like just getting in that mom mindset. That's really cool. I love that. Well, let's talk about that working mom stuff, um, that working mom life. You just alluded to one of the big challenges, whether you have a commute or not, is like just switching between um, work you and mom you. And I know we've had a lot of moms in our community who who have in the past or who do step in and out of the traditional workforce in different ways. And then, you know, the last year or so with the pandemic, it's just been, everyone's all over the place and huge changes in the way we're all working. So I guess my question is when you had your first baby five years ago, did you envision what that career trajectory might look like? Or have you really just taken it one kid at a time, one opportunity at a time? And tell us about anything that has surprised you along the way. I had no idea what to expect (laughs) having my first. And I very, very quickly learned with my first that I had no, I was going to lose control of my work schedule. Um, and, and that happened right away because I, I actually had my, my first 
um, at 34 weeks, completely oh. unexpectedly. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the middle of two huge work projects, hadn't transitioned anything over for maternity leave. And I mean, it was really one of those situations where I was at work until 6 p.m. one night. I left. I went into labor at 5 a.m. the next morning and I had my son at 10 a.m. Oh, my God. So it was I was totally unprepared. And I wasn't one of those moms that then was in the hospital trying to, like, email work and transition things over. I was not in the frame of mind for that at all. I'd had coworkers that had done that. And I was that was not me. So um, but I I trusted my team at that point. I knew that if things were going to happen, they would they would get it done. They would figure it out. Um, I did have a hilarious moment, though, where I was I was putting off going to the hospital. I got to the hospital with 20 minutes to spare before I had my son. I, that's how long I was in denial. I was in labor. But um, <laughs> in those moments before we left, I remember just yelling at my husband. My work laptop was out on the, the counter and I was yelling at my husband, cancel my meetings today. Just send notes. I don't want people waiting for you, which <laughs> You know, it's one of those things that later thinking back, you're just like, of course they would have understood. But in that moment, right. I was it would clear. have been okay. <laughs> it would have been fine. But in that moment, I was not thinking clearly at all. And so that was very important to me, not the fact that I was, you know, having horrible contractions. So, um, but it, it really did very, very quickly. I was like, wow, this is, this is going to completely change, you know, the time that I, I spend working. And um, I really just... Throughout the last five years, what I've done to make it work for me is I, um, I, when I sit down to work, I always know that that time could be interrupted at any time because I've, you know, you'll be working and I'll get a note from, from school or preschool or daycare, you know, they have a fever, something's happened, or, you know, we've had somebody in the school test positive. Everybody needs to pick up their kids right now for 14 days. Um, so the moments that I have to work, I'm super productive. I, you know, I keep everything away from the computer and I'm just really focused. And the other thing um, I've had to learn is that I have to work within the schedule that my kid that best works for our family. So my kids, my older two are early risers. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge challenge because nobody wants to wake up that early every day. But um, I made it work for us in that I um, started dropping them off early. I picked them up earlier from school too. But that's that time in the morning is when I get some of my best work done and it works with the rhythm of our family and the rhythm of, you know, how my brain wants to do work now. So um, it's really kind of been just learning about my children, how they like to schedule their day, making that work within my own schedule and and going from there. Yeah, I I'm so curious. And um, you don't have to speak for like the entire working mother workforce, but you have worked for some pretty large companies over a decade where I think a lot of working motherhood issues have come to light. And of course, in the pandemic, like we've had like a real slap in the face, I think, about how essential moms in the workforce are and yet how Mm. tenuous that like how how unsupported we are. I'm just curious if in that decade or at your different companies and you don't have to throw any companies under the bus, but did you observe kind of systemic changes or like like awareness growing about how moms need to be supported in the workforce or or not? I'm just so curious. I've seen it change a ton, even in the time that I had my first child until I had, you know, my third last August. But um, yeah, I (laughs) there's still so much work that needs to be done. I found that for me, 
I had to be very clear and vocal about my time boundaries. And that's not popular. Mm. It's not popular in any of the, the companies I worked for, but um, I, I felt like for me to be able to be a working mom and I had to be very clear that I wouldn't be logging on late at night to do work because I'm still waking up with kids overnight and I'm exhausted. Right. And so if you want me to do my best work during the day, you know, don't expect me to do that. I had to be very clear about the fact that I needed to be out the door by 4.45 p.m. because I needed to, you know, this was before we worked from home because I wanted to pick my kids up before I was sitting in traffic for hours. So um, for me, it was really essential to set those boundaries. And I have seen that more and more. And especially over the last year, Mm. I've seen, you know, I'm seeing that grow, which is wonderful. And it's so necessary because I can definitely think back to when I first came back to work after having my son, I would be so nervous to leave even 15 minutes earlier or to, you know, have to leave in the middle of the day because he was sick and had to be picked up because it just wasn't something I saw other people do. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. I really am, am seeing that start to change, but there's a lot more work that needs to be done. Right. And don't you feel like what we're all learning too is that so much of that sort of, uh, I don't know, making a show of things being really last minute or having to stay the extra half hour or whatever wasn't really necessary anyway. I've, I know that I've noticed that in different environments I've worked in where there's like almost this... Um, it's like an image thing of like waiting till the last minute to get something going. So everything seems very frenetic and crazy all the time. And then you really think about it. Like none of us are really needing to be working 60, 70 hour weeks and we don't need to stay just to make it look like we are. And like, it's kind of like the curtain, the curtain has dropped now and we all know what's really going on. Totally. Yeah. I, I saw that a lot and I always knew to, I, I was never somebody that got too worked up over having to leave when I need to leave because I've always known just when I work best during the day, mm-hmm. like I will not mm-hmm. be productive late at night. I won't be productive at 6 PM, but I will be very productive in the morning hours or in the early afternoon hours. And so it was always just, I, I knew it. And so if I knew it and believed it, then it was going to be okay. Yeah. Right. I love that. Um, and I, I love that there are, um, cause you, you're only five years into motherhood, but you, at some, at some of those touch points were setting an example for the mom who's three months into motherhood. Um, and I think if, like you said, if you're not seeing that in your workplace culture, it's very hard to be the first, but I love hearing that it's starting just maybe little by little starting to, um, be a more expected thing for moms to, you know, set those boundaries. So. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. 
No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Sarah, you and I talk a lot about what a great bonding experience it can be when families explore hobbies together. And that makes me think of our sponsor, Carnegie Hall Kids. Carnegie Hall Kids is a free website for kids ages 5 through 12 to learn about music through fun games and quizzes. And they have so many online resources that can help facilitate music education as a family. So if music and culture are a value in your family, I think this is such an easy way to explore that. Yeah, before we started working with Carnegie Hall Kids, I knew about Carnegie Hall because of all the famous artists who have performed there over the last, you know, 100 years or so. And now I think it's so great they're making all that incredible music and history accessible to kids all over the world for free. Yeah. And with summer break around the corner, moms are always looking for some guilt-free screen options to offer their bored kids. I would suggest Carnegie Hall Kids Interactive Musical Explorers Around the World Map. It teaches kids different musical traditions like Vietnamese folk, cumbia from Colombia, bluegrass and jazz from the U.S., and a lot more. Yeah, that map is really fun. Well, listeners, whether you're looking for music education you can do as a family or for your kids to explore independently, start the musical journey early and go to kids.carnegiehall.org to check out fun, child-friendly games and quizzes. Okay, so let's dive into some fun questions. One of our very favorite things to talk about. And Amanda, I hope this is one of your favorite things to talk about too, because otherwise you might find us very boring. But we're going to (laughs) talk about our personalities. Um, So regular listeners, you know that Sarah and I have really different personalities. And we often hear from uh, from you all telling us kind of which one you identify more with. Or you'll say something like, I'm a Megan in some ways and a Sarah in another way. So Amanda, we want to know about your personality. Um, First of all, are you into the Enneagram or any other kind of framework, Myers-Briggs or anything like that, where you've tested it? Or just in a more casual way, do you see yourself as lining up more with Sarah's personality or mine? Or do you have something completely different going on? Just tell us all about you in that way. (laughs) Uh, Well, first of all, when I I hadn't taken the Enneagram and when I found out that I was going to be joining the team, I took the Enneagram test because I knew that... (laughs) you both like to talk about it and, and you know, your personalities well. So, um, I did take the Enneagram and I'm a one wing nine, um, which, okay. and maybe, maybe this is part of being a one, but I'm like, I, I'd like to take it again. I just want to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it will tell that when you read about Enneagram, it will also say to read the descriptions and read them on different sites or different sources. And you really get to kind of like decide yourself. So the diagnostic is one tool, but you can, as you learn more, or if you learn more, because you don't have to, it is not a requirement for the job. Um, (laughs) We would have hired you anyway. Notice we didn't ask you during your interview what your Enneagram was. (laughs) Um, But that's awesome. I love it. What about, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like what else? What else about personality stuff? Oh, well, one of the things I've never actually thought about whether I'm more of a Sarah or a Megan. I I think because I admire both of you in so many ways, I'd like to think that I'm like both of you. (laughs) Um, But I will tell you, I am definitely, I'm a routine person. I, I have to have my routines down. And when my routines get messed with, I, I just don't feel as good. And so that is one thing about me. I'm very aware of is that I, you know, 
I like to know if my schedule is going to be messed with. And it's one of the things that annoys me the most. Maybe this is part of being a one um, is if I feel like I don't have control of my schedule. So so that's that's a big one for me. But I also do. And I think you both have talked about this in the past. A big part of my personality, too, is to kind of is to do the unexpected. Mm -hmm. Like and that kind of goes back to when I decided to move to Michigan and and join, you know, the auto industry or, you know, switch industries 10 years into my career. Like I I do like to shake things up, do something that that people aren't going to expect. Um, but then also, and, and I think you both have already realized this about me and goes back to what we were talking about before, but I am definitely a curious person. I like to ask a lot of questions and I really like to get to know people. That's, that's a big part of my personality. So if we are at a dinner party together, you'll often find me like with one other person, just asking them so many questions and they're probably trying to get away from me, but I'm just genuinely curious. (laughs) So I, when I was listening to your career story, I do think there's an adventurousness in there that's much more Megan than Sarah. Sarah plays it. I'm talking about myself in the third person, but like I tend to make very safe decisions and decisions about things I know I can do well or succeed at or control. So I do think, I mean, I am a one wing nine and it's possible that on paper you and I maybe line up a little more, but I definitely feel that like curiosity and adventure sense is very Megan. What do you think, Megan? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. Definitely the the career trajectory sounded like a path I could have accidentally found myself, you know, wandering down as well. So I would agree with that. I actually think it'd be really interesting for you to go back and read some of the comparisons. And I think it's at the Enneagram Institute website where it'll say, am I a one or a three or Mm -hmm. am I a, you know, so you might like, if you did that, it sometimes will kind of clear it up for you a little bit because certain things things, certain people present a certain way, but really when you read it, you realize you're, it's all about your innermost motivation. So you might find that there's, um, but I think for me, that's my seven coming out. And I know that I'm not a seven, but I test very close to seven. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have a lot of seven, uh, like, like you would actually probably knowing me think maybe I was a seven Mm -hmm. just getting to know me. And it's only because I know the way, like the way I make decisions and what motivates me that I know I'm a two. Yep. And that was a struggle. I didn't want to be a two. And and for me, it's all. the six, the one and the six confusion, which um, is because I still sometimes be like, oh, man, I share a lot of six, um, six ishness. So poor Amanda. Um, I'm curious, do you know if you're an introvert <laughs> or an extrovert just in the purest, like in the purest sense of the definition? I've had to take the Myers-Briggs test many times for uh, different work things. And yes, I am. I always test an INTJ. So I guess that's what I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely introverted. I do. I love talking to people. I love, you know, I, so I'm not one of those introverts that needs to be alone all the time. I think they call it like an extroverted introvert. Yeah. But um, but I do, you know, at the end of the day, I am tired. I, I need my recharge time yeah. on and, my own for and sure. It sounds like you le- you relatively like to be alone, which is that's how I yeah. um, that's how I, I guess, identify my introversion is not that I don't like to be around people, but that I truly enjoy and and like get value, like get recharged alone. So, yes. Interesting. And I actually um, remember reading someplace that INTJs and ENFPs, which is what I am, are like supposed to be like a perfect match. Well, my husband's, that's my husband. So I hope so. Really? (laughs) Yes. I remember that coming up. I don't remember why. I think a long time ago, I like was comparing 
For a while when I was dating, I would ask people their Myers-Briggs very early and then do a bunch of research <laughs> to see if we were compatible. I was super fun. Um, but INTJ was one that, yeah, came up again and again is very compatible with ENFP. So okay, that's there you funny. Go. I don't I, remember why exactly, but they are. And I am either INTJ. I think I'm INFJ, but the T and the F, that third letter, are so close for me that I've tested both ways so many times that I finally give up. I think the last time I really tried to decide for, for good, I decided I'm INFJ. But again, that I, I could easily be either one. That's so Well, funny. Sarah, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was when I was deciding whether or not we were really destined to be business partners. Maybe. I had to do like my Myers-Briggs research. I better switch I back know. to the T. <laughs> it's okay. I think INFJ was also, or INFB was also pretty good. So. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll do. I think we're, we're doing all right, right? <laughs> kind of in bed at this point. Um, yeah. Okay. So kind of jumping off from personalities, but I want to go back a little bit to like your home life and motherhood, because we talked quite a bit about work. Um, you, you shared at the very beginning, your kids are turning five, three and a half, and then turning one. And so you are, you are in it at home. And I'm curious with this personality stuff and what you've learned about yourself and how you do best. Um, what's, what's working right now in mom life for you and where are you feeling stretched or challenged? Um, and it, it could be about anything, but I'm picturing your life right now because, um, so many listeners are really right in there in it with you, you know? So I'm just curious, like what, what feels easy and what feels hard, I think is the crux of this question. Well, I'll start with what feels hard. I, my older two children are both highly energetic. They're super close in age. They are highly energetic. They are early risers. They are bad sleepers. <laughs> they are highly emotional. And, and <laughs> the two of them back to back, I mean, that that's a constant challenge. It's the best way I can describe it is like, you know, when your, your kid is excited to see a friend they haven't seen in a while, or they know they're going to be going somewhere really cool. And they're just kind of jumping all over the place and just, mm -hmm. you yes. know, super excited. That's, that's kind of them all the time. Um, <laughs> 6 a.m. onward until they collapse into bed. Uh, and so it, that's been a huge challenge for us. They've always been like that. And we just take it day by day, which is hard for me as a, as a planner and a routines person. Yeah. But I honestly, I never know. Like, you know, like last Sunday, I'd spent time planning a trip. We were going to go to an arboretum here. And uh, we, I had found a mochi donut place in Seattle that we we're going to go mm -hmm. to afterward for a treat. Yes. And you know, the kids were just not having it that day. They were all oh. over the place. And I just, I actually was thinking though, you know, you have both talked many times about just sometimes you have to lower your expectations for these things. And my expectations had been too high. I was excited about it, but they were just having one of those days where they were, there were a lot of tantrums, a lot of tears. So, um, you know, it's, it's so much fun with them because they are so high energy you know, they want to go all the time. And so we never get bored. I mean, <laughs> never, but also, uh, it is, it's completely exhausting on the plus side though, for the first time we are sleeping through the night, <laughs> Yay! which wow, is so wonderful. Huge. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, the first time since I had kids, because my third is, um, I don't like the term good sleeper because right. I just, it scares me to even say that out loud, but I, she is a baby that usually sleeps through the night and I know that could change at any point in time, 
because my older two have tricked me in the past. And so I'm grateful for it every morning, honestly, um, if we have a good night of sleep. So that's that's a success and it feels good right now. That is a huge success. I love and it. Speaking as someone whose third child did not sleep through the night till they were <laughs> two and a half. Um, that is great. It sounds like you earned you earned that. So like you said, take it, take it every every morning that you get it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. OK, this is going to be fun, too, because. You've been working with us for just a couple of weeks and we've brought you, you know, pretty much all the way behind the scenes, what you can learn in just a couple of weeks. I'm sure there's some pleasant, hopefully surprises hiding, lurking uh, behind, you know, many closet doors. It all sounds very, very ominous, but I am curious since, you know, just a few weeks ago, you were really more on the listener side. As a listener, is there anything that you would have wanted to ask us and you didn't know and that we can kind of you know, for the benefit of people listening now, kind of um, shed some light or something that you're especially excited to learn more about, about the business or how we operate or about, you know, Sarah and I just ask us some questions. One thing that I always wondered as a listener was whether, because, you know, you two truly are, you are friends, you are business partners. Um, I always wondered though, you know, behind the scenes are things like, you know, do you really have like one person does this thing, one person does another thing. And from what I'm seeing, it re- I am so pleasantly surprised that actually you you two make business partnerships work so well, um, and that what what we hear is so you know similar to what happens behind the scenes, and you've really lined up kind of what um, what works best for your personalities, you know, in how you've structured the business, but you also make a lot of decisions together. So you know, one thing I would love to ask is, did it take time to get there, or was it something that you just you met and you clicked? Ooh, Ooh, that's a really good question. Sarah, do you want to jump on that first or you want me to? Sure. We agree. We agree on that, uh, on who's going to take the question first. (laughs) Thank you very much. And we agree that, um, that we're amazing. No, just kidding. Uh, but Sarah, you jump in on that. Yeah. I mean, for longtime listeners who know the whole story, you know, that Megan actually hired me, um, to do a job for her, for her thriving blog book, like expanding, you know, content empire in 2012. Yeah. Late 2012. Mm -hmm. So nine years ago. And, um, we knew each other a little bit on the internet before that, but Megan was my teacher. So she was a teacher of a class I took and then she was my boss. And of course it was very friendly. And Megan, you were not like, you were not at all like a bossy boss, but I think because of the nature of that relationship, it did take, it was like a gradual, Um, when you, when we started the mom hour, even then you were in the position of, you were starting some podcasts and you, you know, asked me to come along and I was your co-host. And then eventually we just decided to be business partners. Um, I think one thing I will say about you, Megan, is you're, you're just like a very generous spirit in general, like you, you default to generosity. So that makes it very easy. Um, and then I think our skill sets are so different that divvying up, work and jobs is often like a, a no brainer. And then when it, when it isn't, um, we tend to collaborate. I feel like that didn't answer the question, but I guess what I will say is some people don't know that background story that I worked for you first. And I think it's worth mentioning because it obviously is a different relationship than 50, 50 partners. And the other thing is we weren't friends first. We were colleagues first. And I think a lot of people go into these things with a, with a deep, long friendship background and we became friends because we were working together, not the other way around. Um, right. So I don't know what else. What else can you add? Well, I think what I would just echo what you're saying and coming from the other side. So when I had hired you, it was because I realized 
I was at a place where I had so many things going on, so many irons in the fire that I really needed a person with a very specific kind of skill set to help me. Um, someone who's very organized, someone who was like systems oriented, process oriented. And those were all things that I knew I needed, but kind of resisted executing for myself or implementing for myself. Um, like I know how to do it. I just don't take the time to do it because I'm usually jumping around and like chasing the next big thing. And so what I think us being able to so gradually almost back into it was huge for me because I saw the impact it had on all the other parts of my life. And then right around the same time that we decided to partner together, I had gotten divorced and started a full-time job and had a second part-time job. So I was working at a radio station on air early, early in the morning, then going to a full-time job working in a creative agency as a copywriter. And you and I were like running this business, like essentially on my lunch hour. I don't really mm -hmm. even know how we were doing this, but because we'd backed in and I had so much trust already in like your abilities and also just like your conscientiousness and how I knew that you would work really hard. And, and we both have a, um, we both have a strong desire to do things well and mm -hmm. to like meet obligations and meet expectations. And I, I knew that about you, but I also knew you had the additional skill of being able to keep things going and like stay on track. Then I totally felt like I could just kind of hand it off to you in a way. And I think that, I don't think this business would be what it is if I had not been so busy doing other things because I had to like, just say, I am busy 60 hours a week. So there's no way I can be making all these decisions about processes and I'm not worried about this business making money right now because that's what my jobs are for. Let's just let the consistency and the processes work. And they did. It just took a while and I'm impatient. So if it right. had just been me, I wouldn't have been, You'd I would be have been too to impatient start the next to let. Podcast. <laughs> I'd be like, why isn't this taking off? Yeah. This, nothing's happening. Um, I need to start the next one. And instead I could, I had no ability to do that. So we got, it got serified. And that was the best thing that could have happened. That's a really interesting timing note. You're right. I've never thought about yeah. that piece of it. One final thought, because Amanda, you've already been witness to like either us dividing and conquering or on doing something together. And I think that has just come with practice, knowing if this is a divide and conquer situation or a collaborative decision. And we still do a lot of things together. So many that it's probably inefficient, honestly, like especially when it comes to um, our sponsorship program and our sales and our, our client partners, yeah. like we are basically holding hands. We're like the, the kids who like hold hands on the way to the playground and then like keep holding hands <laughs> on the way to the bathroom. Like, but Sarah, isn't it funny how sometimes we'll, so like just this morning I asked Sarah this question, like I was going to respond to this potential sponsor. I was going to say all these things. What do you think? And then as soon as I said it, I forgot that I'd asked you and I just went ahead and did it. Cause I was like, well, that was, Sarah doesn't need to weigh in on this. I can just send the email. I'm a big girl. Right. So it's almost like sometimes just we talk to each other as a sounding board yeah. more than just that we actually need the other person's permission. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Did we answer anyway. it, Amanda? No, you did. And also, I, I've never heard you use the term serified before, <laughs> Megan, and I love that. <laughs> I think I might have just made that word up, but I kind of love it. <laughs> Serify my life, baby. <laughs> I want to Amandify things, so let's go. Um, <laughs> So, Amanda, I'm really excited to give a little sneak preview of what's coming up from our team of contributors this fall. And in the in the intro of this episode, Megan and I kind of briefly explained your role and that we're bringing on contributors. But the listeners haven't heard too much about that yet. But a big part of your role is kind of helping us build out 
both more kinds of content, like video, maybe some more social media, blog posts, I don't know, holiday gift guides, like all the things Megan and I think are awesome content ideas, but we either haven't had the time and bandwidth or we're not in the stage or, or the situation of motherhood that would naturally lead to those types of content. So there's going to be more content, more types of content. And then also, of course, different perspectives of motherhood. And I mean, I feel like we say this all the time, but it always needs to be said that we are only two moms and we only have bring to this podcast the experiences that we've had. And we've we've wanted a long for a long time to broaden that perspective. So we are so excited about the team of contributors who have agreed to join us this fall. But you've actually spent more time with them so far than Megan and I have. So I guess my question is, after all that, like, what makes you excited about the content that we'll be able to bring out over the next several months and about this group of moms? I am so excited about this group of moms. I've I've talked with everyone. I've met with everyone. And I mean, this group of moms, everyone is warm and interesting and they just have cool backgrounds and perspectives. They're all over the country and, you know, kids of different ages and stages, different living situations, different, you know, just so many different perspectives. And for me, that's so fun to meet all of these cool women and get to ask them questions. And every single one of them, you know, I'm like, I want to just sit down and have coffee with you in person because I have so many more questions that I want to ask you. And I want to get to know you so much better. Like I want to pin you in the corner and ask you two hours worth of questions. Don't run away. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. They're going to be scared after listening to this. Um, so I, I am incredibly excited to see the types type of content that they're working on. I'm already getting such great ideas and things that there are things that I know nothing about or I've never thought about. And I love that I get to kind of have these peeks into all these windows of things that are happening in all these different moms' lives. And um, and they just have a lot of great information to share. And I, I'm so excited. I'm working on a page that's going to debut on the Mom Hour website very soon. And everyone can kind of read bios on each one of these, these women and, um, and see for themselves kind of the different backgrounds and perspectives that we're going to have on uh, the Mom Hour contributor team. Really exciting. Yeah. And we can link that in the show notes. And I just want to say in case it, in case it wasn't clear, um, a lot of the ways that we bring this content to light will be in addition to our Tuesday and our regular episodes, right, Megan? So we're not um, the podcast isn't meaningfully changing in case anybody was worried about that, but we, we're, I don't know, amplifying what, what, what topics and what ideas we can bring to light through all kinds of other media. Yeah. And just, I think giving a, a, a voice and a stage, a platform, as they say, to a much more, more diverse set of moms with different backgrounds and experiences. I mean, Sarah, you and I have talked a lot on the show about how we, you know, we keep getting older, but moms keep staying the same age or whatever that Matthew McConaughey line (laughs) that I just (laughs) completely reinvented was. But, um, but it's, but it's not just the younger moms and it's not just the moms with new babies that are different from our experience. Like we only know what it's like to live in the places that we've lived in. We only know what it's like to have the kind of family structures that we have. And, and we recognize that limitation. So we think we do a, a pretty good job being as inclusive and, and open as we can, but that'll just become that much easier when we're hearing from all these different voices who have completely different um, perspective and perspectives. And, and I think the great through line is going to be that they're all still people from our community so that the um, tone of respect and compassion and empathy 
and support for one another isn't going anywhere. We're not suddenly going to turn into like a snarky mom humor site or something like that just wouldn't be us. And Amanda, you're probably already learning um, how many things Sarah and I are just like, no, nope, we can't do that. Not because you have bad ideas, but you, you know, like we're like, we're very uncomfortable with that. Or we're very, like, we just are protective about yeah. the tone of the, of everything associated with the mom hour. So none of that's going to change. It's just going to expand and be a lot more inclusive. And I'm excited about that. I am too. And um, I, you know, we get so many nice ideas and suggestions over the years of like, oh, I wish you guys could do more on Instagram stories, or I wish you could do more video, or I wish, and we're like, dude, we wish we could we're like, too. We like, wish too. <laughs> yeah. uh, so do we. Uh, yes. So just having, um, I'm excited about, I don't know, like the multimedia aspect of this, I guess, mm-hmm. because I, I truly love social media and I love video. Um, and yeah. so Amanda, I'm sure you've already like just gotten some great ideas about yeah, it's not just we say content like that's kind of a boring word, but I guess um, different ways to present ideas and information. And it's not all it's not all the podcast. It's it, there's so much more that I think um, there's more opportunity and we're so excited about that. Definitely. And I'm already seeing great ideas from the contributors. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of exciting stuff to share. Yay. All right. Well, this was super fun. That uh, page to to meet the contributors, we will link up in the show notes for this episode. And Amanda, thank you for braving the mic today with us. This was super fun. And we're just excited officially to welcome you to the team. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.